Welcome to Shas Illuminated. Please enjoy the following shear. The sun and shine, session nine days. Rivka had an agenda to keep Yaakov and Esav away from each other, but in pursuing that agenda, she told different people different things. So to Yaakov, she said, to run away because your brother wants to kill you, I'd shuv achachicha mincha until the anger of your brother turns away from you, which didn't happen yet. Why should I lose both of you in one day? That's what she told Yaakov. But to Yitzchak, for some reason, she didn't want to get into that Esau is going to kill Yaakov. Maybe Yitzchak wouldn't have believed that Esau was going to kill Yaakov. So to Esau, she had a different story. Vatayma Rivka Yitzchak, and Rivka said to Yitzchak, the very, very end of Parshat Teldos, Katsi b'chayai, Mepnei b'nei s'chais. Katsi b'chayai is a lashon of utter disgust. With my life, I'm repulsed with my life from the daughters of Chais. If Yaakov will take from the daughters of Chais like these, from the daughters of the land, what is the point of life for me? For why should I live? Why should I live? For what should I live? Now for one of the Imams to say these words, why should I live? There has to be something life-stopping about this. There has to, it's a dramatic thing. Lama li chayim, like the Eskan HaKadosh Baruch What's the point of being alive? If Yaakov is going to take me to the nice place, Lama li chayim. Kaksi v'chayai, Lama li chayim. So two questions. First of all, what's the connection between the story she gave Yaakov and the story she gave Yitzchak? To Yaakov she said, Lama eshkal gam To Yitzchak she said, I don't want him to marry the daughters of Chaith. It's the same focus. The same focus is that Yaakov should go to Lavan. Yaakov should run away from Esau. But to explain that focus, she gave two different reasons. One is, Lama eshkal gam I don't want to lose both of you on the same day. And the other one is Katsi V'chaya and his neighbor Neis If Rivka gave for the same trip two reasons to two different people, there's got to be some connection between those two reasons. 
And secondly, what is this Hadgasha? I'm repulsed with my life. What's the point of living? Take it easy. Just tell your husband you don't want Yaakov to marry the daughter of Chais. What's the drama over here? What's this Hadgasha? Katsi b'chayai, lama l'chayim. It sounds like there's something horrific over here, something life-stopping about Yaakov marrying the daughters of Chais. It's interesting, and I think it's Pasha Shad and the Pasha. Katsi b'chayai mitnevinai Chais. I'm disgusted with my life from the daughters of Chais. In Loikeach Yaakov Isha Mibinois Chais Koela Mibinois Aret. If Yaakov will take for a wife from the daughters of Chais like these, from the daughters of, like these, like like this. Who's like like these? What's Koela like these? It's Pasha. It's Pasha that she was referring to her her other daughters-in-law. As we know from earlier in the Pasha. Esav married two daughters of Chais. Yehudis and Basmat, I believe. Here it is. Vayhi Esav ben Arboim Shana, Vayikach Isha, et Yehudis bas Be'eri hachiti, v'yaz Basmat bas Eloin hachiti. So Esav already married two daughters of Chais. Now these daughters of Chais with dangerous women, because the next passage says, they were rebellious to Yitzhak and Rivka. And the next passage after that says that Yitzhak was blind, which Chazal say means that the Avedazara, the smoke from the Avedazara of the wives of Asa damaged Yitzhak's eyes. His eyes weakened from seeing. So Rivka was, Rivka had seen the damage done to her husband's vision. Rivka had seen the Moirat's Ruach, the terrible Merida of the wives of Esau. So Rivka told Yitzchak, if Yaakov is going to marry women like this, Lama Lichayim. Bad enough the oldest son went and married these Benoit's If the next one goes and marries Benoit's Chais, Lama Lichayim. So Taka, why did Esau marry Benoit's Chais? Why did Esau marry the daughters of Chais? What's the shidduch between Esau and the B'nai Tzchais? Our first encounter with Tzchais was really last week. It was really last week, Parshat Chayisara, which we spoke about last week, was the sale of the Mara Samachpelah. That's really where we had the first encounter with, uh, with Chais. I hope I'm going to be more interesting than that little green thing. Somebody pointed out to me last month of Shabbos an unbelievable horror in the conversation between Avram and the B'nai Chais. This guy came over to me after Shul on Matzah Shabbos and he he couldn't read Lush and Kaidish well, so he showed it to me in the English. But he was going crazy. He was like dancing there by the by the beamer. If you know who it is, you'd appreciate it. And and he, he said 
When, when Avram wanted to bury Sarah, he keeps talking again and again. They keep saying back and forth. They keep talking about burying the dead, burying the dead, burying the dead. Even though we know that we're talking about in Kaiva Sarah. Listen to this. Listen to this. Avram shows up and he says to the Bnei Chais, Give me a kever. The ekbaro may see me lefanai. So the Bnei Chais answer, Sure, you're a nasi al again. The nizchak venu kvaras me secha. Ish mimcha es kivre layichla mimcha mi kivar I'm starting to get the hang of it, but we're not done yet. Uh, uh, Ron says, really? You really want to help me likvar es meisi? So then, then call, call Ephraim. So Ephraim, they call Ephraim, and Ephraim says, no, uh, you can have the field, uh, you can have the field, le'enei b'nei amin esatichla, kivar meisecha, bury your mate. We get it. So then, uh, Yaakov, then, then Avraham Avinu answers, No, 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 I'm not going to take it as a friend. I want to pay for it, the Ekbaroth Macy. So then uh, Ephraim says, No, 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 I'm uh, fine. You want to pay for it? Okay, fine. So it'll be 400 shekel kesef. The Ekbaroth Bury your mace. Like they keep, like, like they keep losing track of what we're talking about here. It's like there's a commercial in between each one, so you have to like remind what the story is. It's unbelievable. How many times? Must be ten times in the parsha. Kvar meisecha, ekvar meisi. You have a plot so I could bury my mate. Yes, I have a plot so you could bury your mate. Oh, thank you for the plot so I could bury my mate. How much would you like to pay for the plot so you could bury your mate? Uh, I would like to pay. Uh, uh, I would like to pay for it, not get it, my matana, so I could bury my mate. Oh, four hundred shekels so you could bury your mate. It's comical. Read through the book. It's unbelievable. Now, what took me 38 years to see this? It's unbelievable. So then I started to look at the sukkah and I noticed that there's a, there's a machlaikis going on. This is my guess, what we spoke about last week. There's a machlaikis going on here between Avram and the Bnei Chet. Please somebody find this for me. Because I don't know where it is in the Mephashim, but this is, it jumps out at you in the sukkah. Take a look at the sukkah and you'll see that the Bnei Chais always say, bury your dead. Kvar Meisecha, Kvar Meisecha, Kvar Meisecha. But Avram always says, to bury my dead from in front of me. There's one exception, which if you find it and come over to me afterwards, I'll tell you what I think the chat is in the exception. But for now, we're going to talk about the rule. So let's go through. Avram says, I would like a place, the Ekvara Meisi Milafonai. So they answer, sure, you could kvaris mesecha, not milafonecha. So Avram argues back and he says, no, if you want to help me, look for a snake in So then Ephraim says, sure, you can have the field with the cave, kvar mesecha. So there seems to be that they were, it wasn't that they kept mentioning kvar mesecha, they were fighting about it. Avram held that the kvur of Sarah is ekvaris mesecha. And the Bnei Chesel, the Kvura is, Kvoras Meisecha. What's the difference? Burying the dead, that's a done deal. What we talked about last week, that's a sale. The, the, goodbye, say goodbye. Burying the dead from in front of me, that means that it's, that it's not Kaloya, it's not gone. It's just not here. It's just not here. Like that, I mentioned a few weeks ago, I, I think I mentioned here, a few weeks ago, this, uh, this, um, this phrase that this, um, this father lost a child and the Alta Kelm was being, uh, menacing him. So 
So when he came out, so the Talmudim went to the father to see what did the Alta say to be Menachemim. So he says, I'm clear now that my child is as if he moved to America. He ilusha ovala America. It's as if he moved to America. It, he was definitely lefunai. He's not here anymore. It's not lefunai anymore. But the bnei ches are much more vicious. The bnei ches are much more severe, much more permanent. Kvor meisecha milusfanecha, not milusfanecha. My friend, it doesn't really matter. It's, you're, you're burying your dead. Avram keeps repeating, no. Avram is chaylet, no. The expert is making milusfanai because sorrow exists. Because this Chiyas HaMesim, as we discussed last week, that the Maris HaMachpela is the source, is the starting point of all the Chiyas HaMesim and Klal Yisrael, and that's why it was Machpela, that's why it had a bias and an aliyah, because of these, to show that, that Yidna are made up of a Neshama and a Guf, and even when the Guf dies, the Neshama goes up to Shemaim and waits until Chiyas HaMesim. We mentioned last week that Ephraim is a Lushan of Afar, that's a Lushan of Misa, the Afar Tashav, and Avram saves the Maris and Achbela from Ephraim. And all the Simonim that we discussed last week, all the Chiyas in the Maris and Achbela. So this is the B'nai Chais. The B'nai Chais are the ones who don't believe in Chiyas Amesim. The B'nai Chais are the ones who don't want to give up the Maris and Achbela. The B'nai Chais are the Kvaris Mesecha people. They're the ones who, want to, who hold that Nisa is permanent, who don't believe in the eternity of the Neshama. That's what the Nei says. Okay, so what does what, what Esau hold? So there was something called the Bechaira. The Bechaira, the job of the Bechaira, Bechaira is an interesting, Bechaira reminds me of the Ma'aras HaMachbeila, because Bechaira is an interesting word. All the multiples of two are in Bechar. All the twos in the in Gematria are in Bechar. Two, twenty, and two hundred. Beis, Chaf, Resh. Two, twenty, and two hundred, that's Bechar. So there's something about two in the Indian of Bechar. What is, what, is, what is the message of two in Bechar? Because the Avedah of the Bechar, today it's the Kaihanim, is to connect the two worlds. It's to connect this world with the next world. It's to connect the Eilam Ruchni with the Eilam Gashmi. To infuse the physical world with Ruchniyas. That's the, that's the job of a Kayan. It's really all of our job. It's all of our job, but specifically the Kayanim to in, infuse and inject Ruchniyas into a physical world. Now this is important. The Avaid living, which is an Neshama blown into a Guf, and the Avodah of the Kayan are exactly the same thing. Because when a person infuses Ruchnius into his physical life, he's being Makayan by Yipat Ba'apad Nishmasayim. If a person eats something, mm-hmm. so it's completely physical. Shleisha Sha'achu Ve'ein Be'neim Divrei Torah Ki'ilu Achlu Me'zivchei Meitim as if he ate from Zivchei Nathan, it means Avayi but Chazal expressed it as Zivchei Nathan, because it's devoid, it's physical, without spiritual. If you have a body without a neshama, what do you have? You have a mate. So, three people eat and they don't share Divrei Taira, so what do you have? You have Nathan. You have Tehilu Achlumi, Zivchei Nathan. When you do say Divrei Taira by the table, when you do talk about Divrei Taira, then what happens? 
then you are mimakayim vayibach ba'af of nishmas chayim. Then you are infusing the physical with ruchnias. That's chayim. That's life. So what HaKadosh Baruch Hu does every time someone is born, that he puts a neshama and a guf together, we do it all of our Avedis Hashem. We put neshama into guf, neshama into guf. When I take a piece of wood and I turn it into a sukkah, I, I took guf, I infuse neshama into it. When I take a lulav off a tree and I shake it, I just took a guf and I, and, I, and I infuse neshama into it. When I use my body, when I use my actions, when I use my thoughts, when I use my, my, all my activities, the same shamayim, I'm infusing neshama into guf. That's chayim. So Esav comes in, Alitaini, Alitaini no me haodai maodai mazeki oye fanaichi, and Yaakov responds, Nichra kayoy mesukayos lali, tell me the bechayra, two twenty two hundred. I want the bechayra. I want the job of connecting the spiritual and physical world. What is Esav's answer? Esav's answer is like a good ben chesed. Asa says, Hine anosri haylech lamas. Behold, I am going to die. What do you mean you're going to die? What are you saying? In other words, it's not kvarat meishi lefanai. It's not that there's an ashama and a guf. Death is permanent. Hine anosri haylech lamas. If death is permanent, there's only guf, then what's this two, twenty, two hundred? What am I combining rukhniyas and gashriyas? There isn't any such a thing called rukhniyas. Go out into the world and ask if there's such a thing called rukhniyas. People don't recognize it. So Esau says, if I am Hayat Lamas, if I am going to die, in other words, if there is no world of Nishama, if there is no world of Ruchniyat, if there is no world of Aliyah, if it's just the physical world, what do I need Bechaira for? Lamas don't need Bechaira. Vayiva is Esau, that's not Bechaira. Esau is Nevada, the Bechaira. Who is the best Shidduch for Esau? Not just one Bachais, but two of them. It's a Gavaldiga Shiddah. It's a match made in heaven. They must have had incredible Shalom Bayez. Because he held the Lamas, and they held Kvarat Meisecha. They both held the ideology of death. They both held that the world is about death, about permanent death, about, not about Ruchliyas, not about Nitzchiyas, not about connecting with the Rabbi And they both agreed on that. And so Esau went and he took through the night's case. Of course, these Benayishchais, their type of Avayizara, blinds the eyes. The eyes, as we know, the eyes are connected to the Neshama. We were discussing, my share was discussing this morning, that it says that if a person exerts his guf too much, if someone has a Psiya Gasa, if he exerts his guf too much, it takes away Mimaareinav, it takes away from the light of his eyes. Because exertion, exertion of the guf makes the neshama fade away. Too much emphasis on the guf makes the neshama fade away. I'm struggling here with my Yetzirah and I just lost. I'm going to tell you this one.
So the Svarim tell us, and the Magen Avram brings, the Shem Yimikubalim, that if somebody gazes at the list of the Neirat Shabbos, it restores the Ma'arpanim that got lost when he ran too much during the week. That's what it says, the, the Magen Avram brings it, it's brought in the Shavuot, or Hashoch, it's brought in the place that if somebody at the time of Kiddush, Yitain Ein of the Neirat, at the time of Kiddush, a person looks at the Neirat Shabbos, it restores the Ma'arpanim that was lost when he ran at the Siyagasa during the week. What's the Pshat? The Pshat is that why are there Neirat Shabbos? There are Neirat Shabbos to be mistaken the face of other Mauritians. He covets a neira shalaylam, the measure says. He covets a neira shalaylam. Why does the woman like neira and not the man? Because he covets a neira shalaylam. She extinguished the light in there of the world, meaning other Mauritian, and therefore she has to be madlik neira. What does it mean she's put out the neira of the world? That means that she brought Misa into the world. And bringing Misa into the world, the marshal of bringing Misa into the world, is extinguishing a nair. A life is, ki nair Hashem nishmas adam, the Pesach says, a life is like a wick, that's the guf, that holds on to a flame, that's the neshama. And she blew out the flame, because she brought Misa into the world, because she gave Adam from the Eitzadah, from the she gave Adam from the fruits of the Eitzadah. So he comes to nair, so she brought Misa, she separated the neshama from the guf, as we're starting to become familiar with that terminology. She separated the neshama from the girl. So therefore she lights Nairus. The lighting of Nairus is a tikkun to be reconnected the neshama to the girl. The whole purpose of the woman lighting Nairus on Leil Shabbos is to reconnect the neshama to the girl. So of course by us gazing at those Nairus, it brings a report to our eyes, to our neshama. It, it helps our neshama and girl be healthier together. So it's machzir, it returns, that more upon him. So when the B'nai Tchais, who don't believe in the Neshama, who don't believe in Tchias HaNesim, who don't believe in Nitzchias, if the B'nai Tchais are makrev karbanas to, to their Avay whatever that means, the smoke of that Avay is going to blind Yitzchak. Friday night, I have a little shir in my house. We learned Chumash together. So we were learning this passage of, of the, the Yitzchak's eyes were blinded. And somebody wanted to say it, and Yitzchak's eyes were blinded from the smoke of the Avay because smoke is bad for the eyes. And it says, because it says that Rivka, Rivka's eyes weren't blinded because she was used to smoke because she, in her house where she grew up, they were like the Avay Gazars, Lavan and, and uh, the Sua. I don't know if I understand why Yitzchak's eyes were blinded, but it was not because of the sensitivity to smoke. That I guarantee you. If the Torah tells you that the chena ain of that his eyes stop seeing, this is in, and 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 Chazal indicated from the smoke of the avodah It wasn't from the smoke of the chicken soup on Friday night. It wasn't from the smoke of someone made a fire by mistake. It was the 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 the, the insidious, dangerous smoke of the fire of the avodah of the benoit case. It was anti-neshama smoke. It was deprivation of nitzchias, deprivation of ruchnias. That's what it was. That blinds Yitzchak.
So the B'nai Tchait came to meet the ideology of death. Now listen to the words. Listen to the words. Rivka goes to Yitzhak, and what does she say? Kasti b'chayai mitanei b'nai Tchait. My chayim is repulsed from the B'nai Tchait. My chayim. If Yaakov will take an Isha Ka'ela Mubinaisa Aret Lama Li Chayim, what's the purpose of my Chayim? I'm giving Yaakov Chayim. So what's Chayim? Chayim is not just living in this world. If this is life, this is not what life is all about. Chayim is the connection between a Guf and a Neshama. Chayim is Nitzchir. Chayim is existing in the Olam HaNeshama. Chayim is, being, is, coming, is coming back to Tchiyat HaMesim. Chayim is infusing all of our actions with Ruchmiyas. That's Chayim. If Yaakov is going to take me Benaisa Oret Ka'ela from the Benaisa, Lama Li Chayim. You hear the Hadgash of Chayim. Kasti B'chayai. Lama Li Chayim. Because that's what the Benaisa were. They were anti-Chayim. They were Kvur Esnei people. So Rivka says, Lama Li Chayim. That's an Esav thing. Esav wants to prevent the Ma'aret HaMachbeila from doing it, from having its power. So I started off with a question. I started off, what's the connection between what Rizka told Yaakov, Lama Eshkal Gam Shneicha Biyayim Echad, and with what Rizka told Yitzchak, which is, Kasti B'chaya Mifnei B'nai What's the connection between the two? And you only have to think for a moment to realize, when did it happen? Lama Eshkal Gam Shneicha Biyayim Echad. Why should I lose both of you on one day? Who told Rizka she was going to lose Yaakov and Echad in one day? She had a nevuah. She had a nevuah that she was going to lose Yaakov and Esau in one day. How did it happen? Because they were burying Yaakov where? In the Ma'arath HaMachbelah and Esau came to say don't you dare bury him in the Ma'arath HaMachbelah. Esau wants to prevent the power of the Ma'arath HaMachbelah. He wants to keep it in the Kvaris Mesecha world. He wants to hold on to it. He tries to have his chuz. He has to go back to the time and bring the deed that shows that it's theirs. He wants to hold on to the Maris HaMachbelah. He wants to return it to the Bnei Ches. Lama Eshkal Gam Shnechem B'yayim Echad is the flip side of Kasti B'chaya in the Bnei Bnei Ches. Lama Eshkal Gam Shnechem B'yayim Echad she is being misnabe about the conflict of Yaakov and Esau over the Maris HaMachbelah. Kasti B'chaya in the Bnei Bnei Ches is weiter about the challenge to Yaakov between Yaakov's life of Chayim and the Bnei Ches' life of Misa. When we sit, Lechlecha, Vayerach, Hayesara, Teldes, Vayetzei, Vayishlach, Vayeshev, Migeis, Vayigash, Vayechit. For those few precious weeks of the year, and we learn about the others, we're not just telling stories, we're not just saying Zerklach, we're not just saying um, interesting two-shows, and we're not even just learning about our others. We're learning about ourselves. And the kaychas, the energy, the creativity, the power that we find in the Avais is a power that they've given to us. Avais mechlauda ikatelda. They're called Avais because maita Avais sin in Lebanon because they gave it over to us. Because we carry the kayak of the Avais. And this is the mission that the Avais have given us. The Avais, as I'll tell us, the Avais are called her Avais, hey, hey, on their cover. The Avais are called the Merkava. 
They're the chariot. What does that mean? The others carry the shin on top of them. That's life. That's chayim. The fusion of ruchnius and gashmius. You know, the forums say that a chariot, what's a chariot? A chariot is where the king's covered lies when he's not home. The chariot of the king, the entourage of the king, that's where the honor of the king lies. And if you would read about the chariots that they used to have, built out of pure gold and velvet and so on, the king was represented by his chariot. It's true today, even today when the president travels. It's with, with tremendous covers. Any of you that are familiar, we're not going to get into it right now, but if you're familiar with, that, with Air Force One, with the, with the, with the way the, the, the president drives, it's an unbelievable cover. Unbelievable cover. Because when, the, when, a, when a head of state travels, the entourage, the chariot that they travel in, that's the palace. The palace on wheels. The other is on the chariot of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. They carry the honor of Hashem in this world. And Hashem is Kaviyot HaMahom. Shemayim is the place of the Kisei HaKavit. And here is the place of the chariot. Who's the chariot of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? The other is Hein Hein And they gave us that job to carry Kavit Shemayim. So last week, we talked about life in terms of just being alive, not being asleep. Be, being alive because there, there's no place you can't begin to talk about Chayim when we're fashloft when we're in slow motion when we're when we're when we're just going out of habit when we're, when we're not moving this week we're talking about Chayim as well but this week it's the Chayim of merging Neshama and Guf together. And this is what we have to realize. When we sit down and learn Torah, it's not just that we're doing what Hashem wants, or we're doing a mitzvah, we're accomplishing a madrega, we're creating life. If a person spends a day doing regular mundane chayal things, which Baruch Hashem we never have to do, we can do sometimes chayal things, but we never have to spend a full day doing chayal things. We always could spice it up with some tefillah and tayra and so on. But if a person spends a day and he's just focused on chayal, even important chayal, but he's just focused on chayal, on, on this world, not on the next world, he's dead that day. It's a day of Misa, it's not chayim. It's a dead day. But if a person infuses that day with purpose, with purpose, with focus, if a person focuses on, on serving the Rabbani Shalom that day, he's literally being Mechaya that mace. He's bringing it to life. He's filling it with life. It's true when I eat. It's true when I sleep. It's true when I learn. It's true when I daven. When we say the words without kavana. So it's already a little bit of ruchnias, it's true. But the words are like gufins, they're like bodies. And when we have kavana, we're blowing the shama into every word. Every, every second of kavana, every word that's said with kavana, we're creating a, 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 a living, breathing thing. A guf and a neshama, the word and the kavana that it holds. That's, that's life. When we sit and learn Torah, we take out these, this offer. Last week we talked about Adam recognizing that he's made out of offer. We take this offer 
We take our clay, our deeper, our mouth, our teeth and tongue and throat and larynx and so on and so forth, whatever, the, our oral cavity, whatever is, whatever is in there, all the kalim that HaKadosh Baruch gave us to speak, and we infuse it with neshama. We infuse it with ruchdiz, we use our seichel, and we merge neshama and guf together, just like HaKadosh Baruch did. You know, Rashi says that other Mauritian, when he did the chayt, he just wanted one thing. The Pasuk really says it. Leo's kelekin, he wanted to be like Hashem. Rashi said he wanted to be like Hashem, to build worlds. He thought, Adam thought that if he'll eat from the Eitzadah, he'll be able to be like HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to be bayna Eilamay, to build worlds. And he was wrong about his approach to building worlds, but he was right that we're able to build worlds. He was right that we're supposed to be like HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that just like HaKadosh Baruch Hu could create a world. And that world is a physical world, and he could fill it with Hashra'as Hashchina. He could fill it with his, with his presence, so too we could build a world. And each one of us, our lives is our world. And we're just like HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We could create a world with its physical structure and we could fill it with Kedusha. And if we do that, then we're fulfilling the greatest, greatest tasket that any of us have, and that's to be like our grandparents, Avram Yitzchak You have been listening to a shear from ShasIlluminated.org. For other shiurim on many topics, or to hear an Ion shear on any Dauphin Shas, including Mara McClellan's on each shear, please visit www.shasilluminated.org. To order CDs or for more information, please call 203-312-SHAS. That's 203-312-7427. Or email info at shasilluminated.org. <laughs>